hate the player, don't hate the game, especially when the player is you. Oh, oh, hey, wow. How's There's people it going? Here. We didn't Holy. see you there. Yeah, hi. Why well, We did not see you walk in. Welcome to Punt Pals, the podcast where us pals talk about punting and punt-related things. Not football, though, like magic. Yeah, if you want people who are good at magic, you are in the wrong place. We're like mid at best. <laughs> Just like my dating life. <laughs> Yeah, my name is Lauren, better known online as MTG Hot Dog. I play a lot of Magic. I play a lot of Commander. I play a lot of CEDH. I play a lot of Limited, and I am way too active on Twitter. How about you, Josh? Where What are you about? Well, my name is Josh. My username on Discord is the underscore Josh because I'm the Josh. I'm the one, the only Josh. Other Joshes are, are also there. But, you know, I'm the Josh. I'm also uh, one of the members of Elder Drunken Highlander, a YouTube channel that does very weird deck techs and sometimes CDH event vlogs where, well, recently at least, I've been punting. And I uh, also am pretty decently active on Twitter, mostly shitposting. I play a lot of a lot of casual commander and a lot of CDH mostly. And when I do play 60 card magic, it's not any actual format. It's usually just like random kitchen table decks against children mostly because I run a magic club. Yeah, yeah, I punt a lot against the kids too. That's pseudo on purpose. I kind of like ride the line on risky plays when I play against the children so that they have a chance. You know, sequencing is hard when you're 14. I don't know. Is that punting? Yeah, I was about to ask if you're consistently losing to children, if it was like on purpose, like help them learn or if it was just a skill issue. I always take the high risk, high reward play when I'm playing against them. And then if they're nice and sportsmanlike, I'll instruct them on how to blow me out when I take the high risk, high reward play. And if they're not nice, I will let them figure that out. But I will always take the high risk high reward play and that's my version of going easy on them without like actually going easy on them very nice um yeah. i tend to go high risk high reward in tournaments uh and i'm always blown out and that is only <laughs> because of my own skill there's a time to go high risk high reward in tournaments and there's a time to not go high risk high reward tournaments and i thought i was really good at finding that window and going for it but uh lately i have not been so good and i've also been getting blown out i got my my malcolm i got a turn one malcolm with a Mulligan to four going last. I got him pyroblasted. And uh, then the person after me resolved a Rhystic study. And the game went on for like until time. It was a draw. And I just sat there all game just watching everybody else do things. Just like, oh, my mouth. I just didn't. I could have waited. I didn't know I didn't go for it. Should have waited a turn. Was this in a tournament <laughs> setting? This was this was a, a win and in on top 16 with all four players like winning in. And uh, it was uh, I had a feeling that like my Malcolm was going to get wrecked and I should have waited a turn because I knew it was going to be a slow pod. It was like Thrasios, Timna, Blue Farm, like big flips cannon and then me on Tana Malcolm easily up as the fastest deck there I should have been like okay I'm gonna get bullied in the first three turns of the game I should just chill out and like save my jeweled lotus for a bit and dork out first but I was like oh no no we're gonna crank out Malcolm immediately and I got punished for it so hard and the actual the actual punt there is I didn't play my land first so uh I couldn't have dispelled it if I wanted to <laughs> I think I had Veil of Summer I don't think it actually mattered but like <laughs> darn it I just kind of just autopilot sometimes and then I'm like, oh no, wait, no. First of all, these players know me and they know that that's like just going to make me lose the game if they kill my Malcolm in the first three turns. Second of all, like this is a pod where the likelihood of that happening is high. And third of all, I don't have a tutor in hand. What the fuck is Malcolm doing for me right now? 
making treasure? I have a dork. Hell I can play yeah. the dork. Um, uh, yeah, that, that resonates with me a bit. I, I was actually playing yesterday. I, I was not playing Malcolm. I watched this happen. The uh, there, there was a Malcolm Timna player who gem- kept their second seven gemstone caverns. So they're at five. Ancient mm-hmm. Tomb taps out for three for the Malcolm. So they have like four cards in hand, I think. <laughs> and it got mana drained by the Urza player. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. They still like one land away from Timna there. Uh, Yeah, they did not hit it. <laughs> cool. And the Urza player is like, oh, I get to cast Urza turn two. This is great. <laughs> that's that is disgusting. That's hilarious. Mana drain is a slept on card. It's such a big blowout card for countering a commander. And then casting something big. The episode name is The Punts That Define Us. And uh, we've already talked a little bit about some punts, but we're going to talk about the, the punts that define us. Our biggest, most embarrassing, embarrassing punts. Yeah, I'll take it away just to get it off of my chest. Um, <laughs> I, I love this story, and it made me such a better player. But I'm so mad, or I was so mad at the time, the best part, too, and, and I don't know if my uh, Discord photo will be the same by the time this comes out, but I, my current Discord photo, and I'm sure you can see it now, is mm-hmm. me holding cards, like sticking my tongue out deep in the tank. Like that was a candid photo taken while I was playing. Okay. Um, that photo was taken during this game I punted. So it is forever immortalized. I biffed this game. It was, uh, I was third seat. This was a tournament at my local scene at Finch and Sparrow. Shout out to Finch and Sparrow, located in uh, Long Beach, California. It was Malcolm Timna on first seat. Second seat was Shurikai. Third seat was me. I was playing Timna Krom. And fourth seat was uh, Kenrith. I had presented a turn two win with Thorkel. Everyone was tapped out. Uh, Kenrith Mulligan super hard. Shurikai Mulligan super hard. I had five cards in hand. And um, with Force of Will backup, I Thorkeled. Resolves, ETB, hold priority, uh, cast him on a consultation. The Timna Malcolm player with two mana on board and three cards in hand, Pact of Negations it. No, no, I'm sorry. Shorkai tries countering it. I force of will that. It's a Hail Mary. The Timna Malcolm player, I, and I need to preface even more because I like all the memories are funny back now. This was a win and in for me to get into top four to win a dual land. So it's like th- there's some actual prizing at stake. Yeah, it's big stakes. Which dual land was it? Do you remember that? I, I cannot remember which dual. I erased it from my memory. Not all the <laughs> memories came flooding back. No, I don't need to remember what I missed out on. So I, I forced whatever shark I had. I can't remember the counter spell. The Timna Malcolm player packs of negations my demonic consultation with no way of paying for it. Which, this isn't the punt yet. This is just setting the stage for the game. And I honestly think that is a fine play to make. I, I don't, I know with words like packed gate and spite packed get thrown around. But if we're playing in a tournament setting, like if it was a casual game, I'm like, yeah, you're a jerk, whatever. Like, I just like, we'll take a break for a little while. But in a tournament setting, I think it's completely appropriate when there's, when there's value on the line, there's prizing. His, playing your out in that setting is to play for a draw, which I, I think is super smart. It was that or lose. So if he has a chance of getting one point versus zero in a tournament setting, I can't blame him. I mean, I want to win. I can't blame him for that, though. It was the correct play. Whatever. So he packs my demonic consultation. I don't have any more backup. Gets countered. Turn rotation goes around to his turn. He can't pay it. He dies. 
then the game becomes like the grindiest game in the world. Like we all have Ristic Studies and Mystic Remoras. Um, Shorakai is trying to do their polymorph stuff, but it keeps getting stopped by me and Kenrith. Kenrith, meanwhile, is having trouble developing their board state because they're devoting all of their mana to counter magic. We get to a point where everyone's out of counter magic except for me. We I, we slog through the Shorakai turn. My, we're in turns at this point, so time has been called, and I was turn zero, so it was turn one. Kenrith didn't do anything. Turn two, Shorakai takes like a 35 to 40 minute turn, like with actual game actions, but still, it's like 9 p.m. We've been there since noon. It's going forever. Yeah, so so he Shorakai gets stopped. Turn passes to me. Oh, but <laughs> Shorakai has a blind obedience out, which was a problem. Oh I had no way of getting around blind obedience. I do the intuition stuff. I have like a thousand mana. Lines of Diamond, Savine's Reclamation, and Brain Freeze. I have an active breach, but I'm hyper fixating on the on the blind obedience. And I was like, oh crap, I can't win with blind obedience on the field because of my LED. My Lions Eye Diamond was in German. Do you know what LED does not need to do to activate? Um, it has to, it has to uh, be sacrificed. It just has to be sacrificed. Lion's Eye Diamond can be activated through a blind obedience. It does not True. need to tap. My LED was in German, and I didn't think to look to see if there was a tap symbol. Oh. So with my breach, everyone, there's 30 people in the store watching, and the Shorkai player and Kenrith player are like about ready to scoop up, but the Kenrith player keeps telling the Shorkai player, don't scoop, don't scoop, don't scoop. I did not realize that I could have won. So I did the whole brain freeze thing, did the whole loop, and passed the turn without <laughs> winning because I did not know LED did not tap. So oh. I passed the turn and the Kenrith player goes, Lauren, are, are, are you sure you're passing the turn? I go, yeah, I can't win through a blind obedience. I guess we're just playing for a draw pass turn. He goes, I'm confirming right now you're passing the turn. I go, yep, it is your turn. He goes, untap, upkeep. By the way, Lion's Eye Diamond doesn't tap. You could have won. Draw. Oh my God. And he goes, uh, are we all good to draw? So that is my biggest punt. Um, that sucks. Not reading my cards, not asking for Oracle text, not re- reading that LED does not tap, uh, missing my winning in. I, I feel like I really would have done well in that top four. And that is one of my biggest punts in recent memory on how I did not win a dual land. <laughs> that blows. That feels terrible. That's that's pretty that's pretty embarrassing, not gonna lie. Not yeah. gonna lie. I have some secondhand embarrassment. Especially because the Kenneth player was like, oh, by the way. <laughs> he does, and even he's like just confirming that you're passing turn. Oof, yep. that's a big oof. Mine's mine's pretty bad. Too. Okay, so mine was actually at Punt City. Interestingly enough, uh, one um, or two, uh, two, two. Okay, uh, pretty recent. Did you go to was it was it Moe's or was it Chipotle? It was Chipotle. Did you go to Chipotle? Maybe it was Moe's. It was Moe's. I, it was Moe's. Did you go with us at all? I don't remember. I did not go to Moe's out of fear of retribution from my body. Mm-hmm. You had the correct intuition, my friend. <laughs> so so this this punt starts at Moe's. A bunch of people all went to Moe's after like playing some games in the uh, the tournament hall the night before the event. We all got dinner at Moe's and uh, it was pretty good. And we all got like the the stack is what it was called. Because come on, that's funny. It's the CDH tournament. We're getting the stack. <laughs> Very fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of cheese and a lot of meat and a lot of other things on it. 
And then we drank a lot of booze. And then the next morning I woke up. And if you watch the vlog on my channel for Pun City 2, you hear me like Ian walks by and I'm like, I'm hungover. Ian, are you hungover? And he's like, no, you idiot. I'm here to do well at a tournament. And he walked by. Um, and um, Pun, Pun City be, be making fools of us all. Uh, that's not what he said. I'm paraphrasing him. He's just like, no, I'm not hungover. I feel great. <laughs> I'm putting words in Ian's mouth. Yeah, that's a comedian. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. He is a he is a comedian. A, his name's in the word comedian. Did you know actually that <laughs> his his channel comedian has his name Ian in it? Holy shit! Do you think he realizes? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he named it comedian because he's like a comedian. He has like a like a theater degree. Yeah, he's like funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. My point is, my point is, uh, I felt thought I was hungover, and I was partially right. I was a little hungover. But unbeknownst to me and everybody else who went to Mo's, we also all had food poisoning a little bit. Just a smidge, just a smidge of food poisoning from the stack. Uh, it was pretty toxic, that stack. Um, <laughs> so that's the backstory going in is I'm tired. I'm a tiny bit hungover and I'm also a tiny bit food poisoned. And I'm going into, uh, I think it was like round four, round five. And it's me... Uh, next is uh, Thrasios Timna player, I think, or a Sultai player. And then some Naya deck, I think it was Rocco. And then Brian Koval playing Blue Farm. And I, at one point, had a Smothering Tithe on the board and the Draw Engine. And I had like 7 billion treasures, and I had like 16 cards in my hand or something. And I had the win. And I literally, like, like, Brian just like tries to do stuff and he can't do anything. And he basically says like, Josh is just going to untap him on his turn. And I cheekily reply. I cheekily reply. Yeah. If I don't, it's seriously a deck building problem. I remember this viscerally because he haunts me. <laughs> so I go to my turn and I untap and I go and I do my thing and I put my win on the stack and I get smacked with a fucking force of uh, force of negation. Um, I don't have a response for it. I don't have anything in my hand that can stop this, this force of negation specifically with the mana that I have available. And I'm checking and I have basically the ability to make like a red or a white and a white. And I don't have any, any interaction that can use those colors to stop this. I don't have a blast. But you know what I do have in my hand as I'm searching through? Can you guess? Can you guess what's in my hand, Lauren? You okay? You have something in hand. What, what deck are we on? I'm Brawlin' Shabraz. I have a red, white, red or white, and a white open. And I'm I I uh, don't have any interaction, but I do have something that I could have cast. Is it a silence? No, it's a grand abolishing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't stop it. And my uh I think it was my curiosity, it might have been my breach. One of those things just gets exiled. And I have this grand abolisher in my hand. And I'm like, oh my fucking god, I'm so stupid. Oh my god. And then I even worse, I then mention it. Mention like, oh man, I even have this grand abolisher in my hand. What's wrong with me? Just to like really draw attention to the fact that I am the worst magic player of all time in this moment. But that's okay, I got better wow jeez yeah it honestly i'm like i wish you're doing this as video my face is very red right now telling this story for brian i'm i'm positive brian lost respect for me at that moment he was like all right maybe i was wrong about this guy maybe he's not cool 
<laughs> did he look at you like with disdain? <laughs> like, why did you why did you punt this in front of me? In front you. of my salad? I took up so much time. I think he could have won if he had gotten another <laughs> turn, but I took up so much time with my ridiculous punt turn that it ended up being a draw. He didn't get another turn. And this just uh I, I don't actually I there's actually a tweet thread about it from him. Uh, I think he glosses over the fact that I ruin everything for him because he's a really a really nice dude. Um, and um, but it's, it it more accurately goes over the game that I'm going over right now, and uh, you can kind of put the two together to piece what actually what actually transpired. It was good looks. I don't remember a lot about the game. I just remember a lot about the feelings and emotions, man. That is incredible, actually. So much shame. I didn't. Yeah, I did not do well that tournament. I did horribly. I think I, I won like round one. I run, I won like one other game or I drew. No, I, yeah, I won like round one. I drew, and I think that's really, that's really all I was able to pull together that tournament. It was very fun, but oh, big punts. Yeah. Pun City punted, two was a blast. <laughs> yeah, I punted another game too. I uh, I let a magnet player absolutely ruin me, just walk all over me because I waited a turn to do something because I was like, nah, it's gonna get interacted with, and then he just kept playing stacks pieces, and I was never able to catch up after that. Just just let the magnet player absolutely outplay me. Big punts all around that game or that tournament. That's how it yeah. goes though. It's in the name. It turns out your opponent's resolving stacks pieces makes it very difficult to play. Yeah, yeah. So that's how it goes. So I I punted in Punt City, and we're going to see if I get cooked in the cookout. What uh, what deck are you thinking? That's what I was just about to say, actually, is I don't know what deck I'm going to take. It could be Brawl and Shabraz again. It could be uh, Malcolm Tana again. Um, But it could also be Cyrus, which I'm kind of leaning towards, because it's kind of out of left field. It does some stuff that I think is pretty good in the meta. Orcish Bowmasters is a thing, and I think the deck... Plays through Orcish Bowmasters really well. It's kind of funny. And then I also, um, I, don't, I don't think Orcish Bowmasters be like meta defining, but like playing a wheels deck that like doesn't really care about Orcish Bowmasters is definitely a thing that's advantageous. There's just like a lot of people trying to draw cards in other ways. And I think having a commander that takes advantage of that in the command zone is very, very strong. It's just a fun deck. I like it. It's very, very silly, and it's very, very me. And taking a deck that you enjoy to a tournament is important because you have to play it all day. And if you get sick of your deck, that really, really affects a lot of things. It's good not to uh, not to play a deck you hate. And the other deck I'm thinking about is Toulouse for similar reasons. It's just like a silly, fun deck that I really enjoy. And I think it's kind of a sleeper deck. A lot of people don't see it coming. It's very sneaky. I run like sneaky shit, like knowledge exploitation. And if I'm going to try and take like a Brewer's Advantage win and I like, try to sneak it out, I think Toulouse is the deck to do it with because it has like regular Thoracle Console, good stuff, Esper things. But then it also has like a sneaky Doomsday line and like a sneaky Knowledge Exploitation, Steal Your Adnaws or Steal Your Peer line. Yeah, because Toulouse is a rogue. So I can attack because like, you don't want to block Toulouse and kill her. If you do that, I get all the cards that I've shadow bagged in her. It's not a shadow bag deck, but I play a lot of discard. And the the goal of my deck is like you don't want to kill my Toulouse because if you do, I get four cards into my hand and they're good cards. I intentionally put good cards in Toulouse. Because <laughs> um, like you don't want to kill Toulouse, and it's not worth it to bounce Toulouse, like to make me lose access to these four good cards. Like you know, it's like oh no, I can't cast this Dark Ritual. It's an exile forever. Whatever. Like you used a bounce spell on my commander. I'll right. Cast it again and connive again. Um, so it's like fine. Um, it's so I like to build it so that you, you're not incentivized to kill my Toulouse. And then a side effect of that is I can attack 
and then get a knowledge exploitation off because no one wants to block it and kill it because it's a three one it's it's sneaky that way and then hopefully eventually if i talk about it enough on things like this podcast people will fear the knowledge exploitation and they'll start blocking my to lose and that's even better for me because <laughs> i want that bitch to die get out of here and get those cards back in my hand so i can recast you again so that's uh, i really like the deck i really like the the kind of discussion that it brings to the game and i really like um like that kind of mini game that you play and i think i can take advantage of that to sneak some games in a tournament so i'll be practicing all four of those decks and i'll probably decide like eight days before the tournament which one i'm bringing i'll <laughs> i'll probably literally bring all four because i have them all tournament ready um just roll a dice i could honestly do that maybe i'll do another um another poll or another charity stream to decide but probably not because i'm busy i'm a busy beaver and I can attest to to lose you. We played a game together, and I think it was Kai and one other person. And you had uh, hit Kai with to lose, and then did the 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 rogue instant that let you or sorcery that let you steal an instant or sorcery from someone's deck with yeah. like the instant or knowledge exploitation. Knowledge yeah. exploitation. Yep. And you then put an ad nods on the stack, and I was like, okay, holy crap, this is like the real deal. It was great. It was really awesome. And then I got countered. I fucking love that. Um, the big joke that I wanted to make was it sounds like you're not playing to lose, you're playing to win. Got him. <laughs> Go for it. That that was the joke. But that was oh, you were you the you were telling me the joke in the form of you pitching, telling the joke. Yeah. That was pretty slick. I'm not gonna Thank lie. You. I'm sorry that I punted your delivery of that. <laughs> it's okay. I like yeah. what I like about playing deck like Toulouse or Zyrus or literally anything but Malcotana is that it's like a rogue deck. Or, or in terms of Toulouse, it's literally a rogue deck. And uh, <laughs> if I punt and I play poorly, I can blame it on the deck and I don't have to feel as bad about it because like everybody punts, but it's important to not feel bad about punting, right? Otherwise, right. you're going to keep punting. And you're, like, you're just going to keep fucking up because you feel bad about fucking up. So, you know, if it helps to, to handicap yourself by playing a, a terrible deck so that you can say, well, I was playing a terrible deck, then I guess... That's fine if that's what you got to do. Speaking of not a terrible deck, um, which was my very you know smooth transition, I'm not over. I punted terribly yesterday. Not 100% my fault. I'm going to cope a little bit. <laughs> I, I punted terribly yesterday at locals, again, at Finch and Sparrow, Long Beach, shout out. Mm -hmm. And I am not over it, Josh. Well, we're, you're on Cope Pals, so let it all out. <laughs> cope Pals, yeah, I... <laughs> So I was playing. I'm on. I'm playing Dihada Binder of Wills right now because it is hashtag Hot Boy Mardu Summer, and <laughs> I I was like, okay, like I'm feeling good about this. I love this deck. Like I was picking people's brains about it. Um, mm -hmm. Shout out to like Zane. Zane helped me a lot with it. And so I get like I, I show up and my like I'm playing against a Yeva turn one and Yeva drops a Norod, which is back breaking for my turn two Nas. My condolences. Like, I was like, okay, okay, I can find the portable hole and I'll be fine. But it, it, Yeva did it in the sense it locked themselves out of the game too because they had mana rocks. And then the TNK player who mulled the five just had no well, rocks. One on. To be five. clear, to be clear, two things. I want to correct two things. Okay. It's it's Yeva, not Yeva. Yeva. Okay. Okay. And the Yeva player locked themselves out of the game by punting during deck building. So. By playing Yeva. Yes. <laughs> Not Salvala. So then that happened. 
and I'm like, okay, bad beats, whatever. I can deal with this. Uh, pod two gets potted. I'm against the Yeva player again. Oh gosh. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm already frustrated. The game starts. It's there's an Urza player in the pod as well. The the Yeva player drops another turn one null rod that gets force of willed. And I'm like, bless, we are in this. I am feeling good about this game. Dihada do Dihada things. I'm feeling great. Urza goes off and then windfalls. Oh, there's a uh something storyteller. It's a two green, one colorless. So three total uh man. Hardwood storyteller. Yeah. 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 Can you tell I'm a former Yeva player? I Ugh. Yeah, I actually, I actually know that deck really well because I used to play it. So there's a Heartwood Storyteller out. That card's toxic. God, it's that card is so toxic, but it's hilarious. So bad. And then Urza dumps their hand. No. And then Windfalls for like oh, sixteen. Okay. Dumps their hand again. They're the Jeez. only blue player in the pod. Passes turn. It gets and then it goes back to Yeva. Yeva drops a Collector Oof, and I was like. Oh, like you know, this like locks us out of the game, and Urza is just gonna win. And he's like, "Well, I have nothing else." It's like, okay, you just punted this for us collectively. Like, <laughs> uh, and then we proceeded to lose to Urza, and <laughs> I, uh, I was a little bummed. And like the Evo player is a friend of mine. I was like, "Wow, like I've lost to you twice, and you don't even have anything in the win column." <laughs> <laughs> um, You're making me. You're making me think of my co-host Austin. That's what playing as him is like a lot of the time. Oh, like, really? Austin, you've beaten me twice and neither of us have won a game today. <laughs> it feels <laughs> so bad. And then I was in a tizzy. I was frustrated. Um, game three, I legitimately punted myself because so there was two turn one Tormod's Crypts and then a turn two Graph Digger's Cage. And I was like, oh, I don't suppose I'm winning this game. And like in my yard was my Nas, like everything that I needed to like try to go off. I just couldn't get there. I did not see the graph diggers cage after so many turns go by. And I tried to breach and I was like, oh, I just lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've done that many times. So that or, was a big punt less than 24 hours ago. There was um one time, I think it was at tier one con. I don't remember. It was at some some in-person decently high pressure cdh event and i played it was not a tier one con because it i think it must have been at a command fest actually because i because i wasn't playing breach in any of those tournaments anyway um i played a breach and then everyone passes priority um one of the people i think it was like mikey yeah this was definitely command fest because mikey was there like smugly was like yeah there's a dranith in play josh and (laughs) i uh in the the resolving counter war to protect the breach which I successfully won. I drew a lightning bolt, and uh, then I got to be all smug and pretend that I didn't punt it out and be like, "Yeah, I know." Anyway, uh, do this other thing: play a mana rock, bolt the Dranith, <laughs> and then I got to pretend that I was really cool. But I did punt that hardcore. I just no one, no one, no one saw. I played it off. I was able to keep my ego intact and prevent myself from future tilt and punts. By lying, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's better to be lucky than good, right? Exactly. <laughs> you had the lightning bolt the whole time. You just didn't even know it. Or maybe I prevented that punt by building my deck well and putting the lightning bolt in my deck, you know? <laughs> There's a lot of failures, as you recently tweeted, failing in the deck building phase and punting in the deck building phase. It's a thing that I do a lot, honestly. A lot of the times I'll try to build a deck to attack 
like a certain meta or a certain perceived pod and it just doesn't work. And then I just completely lose and I don't do anything for like six hours of playing magic all day. And I'm just like, well, that was on me. I built a terrible deck. So is how it goes. You don't hear about those ones. I talk about the ones that do great, but for everyone that does great, there's like two and a half that do poorly. So two and a half for me, it's like one to four. Yeah, I've gotten better over the years. I've gotten better. It's only <laughs> taken me like a decade of playing CEDH, but I, I, there's hits now. Hell yeah. I used um, to only build stack stacks and then would lose. I've never seen the endurance player win. No, me neither. <laughs> Ever since I've heard that meme, I've I've been paying attention and I've literally never seen someone win a game in the, the same game that they've cast in endurance. And it's wild. It's actually I, insane. It's it's the most ridiculous confirmation bias of all time. Is it confirmation bias though? It's gotta be because that's statistically that's crazy. I I think the statistics are in favor that the person who resolves an endurance statistically because of the resource committal that that like how much it takes to, like actually do that like two cards you're playing not to lose like I don't know I I think. I genuinely think the statistics are in our favor that like the person who resolves endurance does not win. And that like, if you're playing endurance to begin with, you're not running a lot of other things that you could be running to stop you from losing. That could be better. Like a force of will. Cause maybe you're not in blue and stuff like that. Maybe, or maybe you're, like... you're making other deck compromises. Like you're running hermit druid where running endurance defensively versus as part of your combo might not be worthwhile. Exactly. Like, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or like, I, I can like... see it. Even spot removal, like, okay, like, the person who overcommits resources for a, and I, I know this card gets a lot of hate, but, like, nature's thing, like, if, if someone's overcommitting resources for a, um, f- for an Underworld Breach line, like, they, they probably aren't able to Savine's wreck it back the same turn. Like, having a nature's claim and just popping it, like, granted, it can't stop Thorkel, but, like, you're, if you're playing Endurance, you're often, like, like the Yeva player, for instance, like you should focus on like or force the other like players in their pod to like use interaction and not rely on you to endurance them. I don't know. If if uh, Simeon Spirit Guide and a Pyroblast or Red Elemental Blast is Monkey Blast, then what is an Elvish Spirit Guide and a Nature's Claim or a Baseju or like a Veil of Summer? Like you have Monkey Blast and Monkey Bolt. What what's what's the is it Spirit Spirit Blast? Spirit Veil, Spirit Veil sounds cool. Spirit Veil is cool. I like Elf Blast a lot. <laughs> Elf Blast. There's no green blast that's playable that I know of. Hornet Sting? <laughs> Hornet Sting, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm at the point, to be honest, where I might start running Seal of Cleansing. The seals are good. I'm telling you, the seals are good. You play them, and then you have them the turn later, and they're free. It's like a Ranger Captain of Eos. Well, Ranger Captain of Eos is like a seal. It's good. Not all of them are good, but the ones that are good are good. I'm going to I'm going to counteract your paradigm while also agreeing with you. Okay, okay. They're good in the same reason like wish claw is good, right? Wish claw mm-hmm. is a staple in CDH, but the the upside to the, the downside is an upfront man investment. The downside is um you, you can have a one mana demonic tutor on your next turn if you don't use it right away. Mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. And at worst case it's it's a less color intense grim tutor. Um right. I, I think the seals are maybe a little slept on. They can be Savine's wrecked. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I just punted in the deck building phase. There you go. <laughs> Shit. They're nice because you can enlighten tutor for them, which I think is sweet. It does make enlighten tutor better too. Yeah, that's why I like them in white decks. I, I think they're best in like white decks that can like wheel. So like anything with white red, um, because you can enlighten tutor for them, and then if you wheel, they stay in your hand, kind of like a foretell spell would, because you can play it wheel. It's still there. You still have access to the effect. Yeah. So, I I think Mardu is a good place for them for sure. That's what I'm on. The problem is like the only seals that are good are the white ones and the red one in Mardu, because the the black seal is butts. Yeah, that's it for seals in those colors. So it's really just the white one or the red one. What is the 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 black one destroys target non-black creature can't be regenerated. Yeah, it's three mana. Ugh. Yep. Gross. The red one's sweet. It kills um opposition agent. It does kill Oppo. It kills Dothy. Yep. And it kills uh Orcish Bowmasters. It kills like all the creatures that someone would flash in to fuck your day over. Literally every single flash creature it kills. Avon, Fairy Mastermind. The only one that it doesn't kill that I can think of is Alms Collector, and I've never seen anyone ever resolve that ever. No, I've never seen that card. It it does it also hits uh collector oof. And containment priest. And containment priest. And uh Stanley. Stanley. Not that you ever want to kill a Stanley. Archivist of Anma. Why is it Stanley? Uh when Scryfall previewed the card, it was um um Ogma's biggest Stan. Spiel card started calling him Stanley. And I think that's a cute name for him. So he's Stanley for me. I love that so much. It's like it's I think Archie is a better, like more apt name, but I don't know. Stanley is a special place in my heart, so it'll be Stanley. Love that. But he dies to seal a fire. Fuck him, God. Here's Stanley. Yeah, it hits pretty much everything, notably stacks wise, except for Drana. It can mm-hmm. hit even like a Grand Abolisher if it's not. Yeah, you Wait. can't activate it on the Grand Abolisher's turn, though. Right, right, right. Yeah. Have, but yeah, well, sometimes people don't play their Grand Abolisher and then they lose the game, you know? Well, Shut up. If there's a seal on the battlefield, I uh, might have super punted and, and not played the Grand Abolisher. And then because I've been like, oh, no, there's a seal. Can't play it. But you can play a Grand Abolisher into a seal. Don't punt like that. <laughs> Don't do it. Now you know it on the podcast. So you know now to play your Grand Abolisher. Don't punt like me. And now don't punt by not playing your Grand Abolisher because there's a seal of fire on the board because you they can't pop that seal. It's an enchantment that can't have an ability to be used. I got, oh my god, I, oh, that reminds me of a big punt. This is recent. This is a huge punt. Okay, so I'm playing Brawlin and Shabraz, right? Against a, a Dahada deck, actually. And um, <laughs> I have Ghostly Pilfer on the battlefield. I have a um, um, Brawlin on the battlefield. And I have a uh, Silence in my hand. I have two mana open. Or no, I have three mana open. Right? So, sure. guy playing Dahada casts a Bolas Citadel, and um, I am last in priority. Everyone passes to me, and I pass priority, thinking along the lines of, I have Ghostly Pilfer and Brawlin in play, and he's got to use his life total to uh, get cards off the top of his library with that um, with that uh, Bolas Citadel. So, what I'll do, instead of silencing him here, is I'll let him lower his life, and every time that happens, I'll draw a card with Ghostly Pilfer, and then I'll use Ghostly Pilfer to discard my entire hand and kill him. Ha 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 ha. I'll get him that way. 
It'll be great. And so I let it resolve and I don't cast my silence. Oh, I forgot what I did earlier though. Earlier in the turn, I touched the spirit realm, his uh, underworld breach to get rid of it so that I he couldn't get it uh, back. So I only have one mana left at this point. So I did interact a little bit. He uh, goes for the Bolas Citadel and he flips the top card of his library and it's fucking Tithe Taker. <laughs> which says I can't activate the abilities of creatures unless I pay one mana for each time I activate it. And I have to discard a card one instance at a time with Ghostly Pilferer. So we lost immediately. The very first card, so fucking punished. I got so punished. <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, like three, four cards down, he got a sword to plowshares and hit my Ghostly Pilferer. I, I got absolutely ruined. And I couldn't even silence. Couldn't even silence because the Tithe Taker was just fucking immediately just cast... Uh, and oh, oh! I forgot to mention, there's also a defense grid that was on the battlefield. <laughs> I could have. The options were, oh, did I have four mana instead of three? Yeah, I think I had four mana. The options were, I could have like silenced uh, when all this bullshit started happening with the underworld breach, which would have been correct. But instead, I was like, nah, we'll play it out. I got ghostly pilfer. I got this brawlin. We're gonna let him do stuff. And I instead of just silencing him, I let him play it and immediately got punished. There's a recent punt. Good lord. I if, heard uh, another punt while you were describing that, actually. You said oh you gosh. used Touch the Spirit Realm on Underworld Breach? Yeah, I, I doinked it with the Spirit Realm card. Under uh, Touch the Spirit Realm can only exile target artifacts or creatures. Oh, oh, true, true, true. Did it, did it touch the under? Oh, maybe touch the defense grid. Okay. It might have touched the defense grid. Yeah, 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 because I let the Underworld Breach stay because I had the, um, the Ghostly Pilferer. <laughs> you see the extent of this punt. It's I was like, yeah, you can have Underworld Breach. But, like, it makes sense in my head. Like, he can have all the stuff that triggers Ghostly Pilfer because he'll die to Ghostly Pilfer and the damage from me discarded cards of the Brawlin on the battlefields. Yeah, I, t I touched the defense grid. That's why I was confused about... No, I definitely I definitely had three mana. Why was I playing through defense grid? It's because I touched the defense grid. Yeah. Gotcha. I need to start writing down my games so I can more accurately share my punts now. Speaking of which, if you want to share your punts with us, then uh, you should get at us on social media. We have a Twitter account which is, uh, is it at punt pals? Is that yeah, it? At punt underscore pals. Yeah. So at punt underscore pals on Twitter, tweet us your punts and we'll share them on the podcast. And we promise not to make fun of you. We'll only make fun of ourselves. We might make fun of you a little bit, just I'll a little bit. Lauren, Lauren will definitely make fun of you. I'll be the good cop. He'll be the bad cop. <laughs> uh, you can also tweet at me at drunken elder the Elder Drunken Highlander uh, Twitter if you want to talk to me. And uh, you can also check out my YouTube if you want to see me punt during deck building. That's uh, Elder Drunken Highlander as well. What about you, Lauren? Yeah, I'm uh, MTG Hot Dog, MTG underscore Hot Dog. I, I love underscores. It's big underscore guy. Hey, I'm the <laughs> underscore Josh on Discord, so. Oh, shit. The yeah. underscore Josh. Um, yeah, the only one. Uh, underscore was my nickname in high school, so it's fitting shoot me too but i'm i'm on twitter i'm on instagram if you look up mtg hot dog on youtube you'll find some popper decks but you'll also find the stuff i've been on i'm a perpetual stream guest and uh now a podcaster so if you think we're funny or charming you should definitely check us out on social media and if you're not on social media but want to hang out come see us at an event i know josh and i go to a lot of events we love hanging out and playing games and shooting the shit yeah i'll be at kineticon this summer actually if people are going we have panels at kineticon that's, that's uh that's a thing yeah you can you can ask me questions and watch me punt the answer <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and I, my next event is going to be Command Fest Anaheim. This might be coming out either before or after Command Fest Anaheim. So I'm trying to go to the cookout. I'll be at Surfside Showdown in San Diego. I'll be at, I believe, the Fishbowl 2 in San Diego as well. So if you're on the West Coast, especially SoCal, please say hi. I, I would love to meet you and hang out. You can bully me for being terrible at magic. Yeah, the, the making fun of obviously goes both ways. <laughs> All right. How do we how do we want to end it? What's our sign off? We should just have exactly this be the sign off for the podcast and then fade it with some kind of music playing. And then do like a, I just abruptly cut it like right here.